On this episode of The Playbook, I have the executive vice president of Boost Mobile, Steven Stokels. And we're going to talk about how can your cell phone create privacy, free healthcare, and be working with the incredible meta world peace. Join me for all this and more on The Playbook. This is Entrepreneurs The Playbook, where each week I bring you some of the greatest athletes, celebrities, and entrepreneurs to talk about their personal and professional playbook to success and what made them champions on the field and in the boardroom. I'm your host, David Meltzer. This is Dave Meltzer with Entrepreneurs The Playbook. I have Steven Stokels, Executive Vice President of the infamous Boost Mobile. So excited to reacquaint myself in the carrier business, in the phone business. Welcome to The Playbook, Steven. Hey, glad to be here. You know, the business of, you know, carriers, phones, it's moving faster than even technology itself. Uh, Every day there seems to be another player or a merger or some sort of acquisition or a different technology uh, that changes the whole landscape of your business. But yet you've been able to create some of the first within an extraordinary company. You guys are doing so well. And the first thing I want to talk about is the bundled privacy offering uh, that you created, the first ever. You know, what was your uh, impetus, the catalyst of why you thought this would work? Yeah, that's a good question. And to answer that, yes, you got to go back to my time before running Boost. So I actually started a company called Freedom Pop uh, 10 years ago. It was the first digital only wireless uh, MVNO, you know, raised over $100 million, grew it and sold it. Um, but coming from that space, coming from that background, what we did to make that successful is that Freedom Pop was a freemium play. We gave away free data, voice and text. And what we did is we sold value added services on top of it. And fortunately, we were good enough to convert enough users where we could subsidize all the free free guys, you know, a, a classic freemium model. So coming into Boost, Boost is a thousand times the scale. You know, you, you're talking about the fourth largest care, you know, provider now behind T-Mobile, Verizon and AT&T. We're coming up with massive scale. So I'm, I'm basically taking a very similar playbook uh, that was successful uh, in the digital only space. It was very kind of cutting edge at the time and it continues to be in the wireless space and say, look, if we're going to differentiate. We're not going to outspend Verizon, right? We're not going to outperform Verizon. If you look at, uh, you turn on the TV and watch the NBA playoffs like I've been doing the last couple of nights. I mean, there is, it's, everyone's got the fastest network and everyone's got the best price. So I, I don't know who has the fastest, you know, I'm in the space. I don't know if t Verizon, at and claiming it now. So you got to cut through the noise, especially for sort of the challenger. We're a challenger here. Like, we're the fourth largest, but there's a big gap between us and number three, which is AT&T right now. So how do you do it? You got to differentiate. And we look at it from the perspective of, look, we've got a relationship with the customer. We want to offer services above and beyond voice, text, and data. And to be honest with you, the beauty here is the parent company, Dish, is building its own 5G network and has no revenue coming through it right now. So whereas T-Mobile or Verizon might have billions, hundreds of billions coming through their, their network, we got nothing to sort of lose. So if our poos today in the industry are 45, and we're able to bring them down to 20, that's all gain for us. And that's a lot of losses for those guys. So we can be a true disruptor here. So when I look at it, getting back to your question, the bundles, you look at it and say, look, how can we really differentiate? Right? There's, there's four things consumers care about in, in, in our world, at least, current Boost customers, right? One is privacy. That's a macro trend. Privacy is becoming increasingly important. So we said, how can we give consumers more privacy? Privacy from apps like Facebook or whatever it might be, privacy on, on the mobile device. These are very easy to hack. Uh, so a privacy bundle that really focuses on anonymous browsing, on protecting yourself from hackers, stopping spam calls, 
uh, all, all the stuff that annoys users was, was top of the list. And, and so we, we rolled that out and it's getting great traction. It helps to help differentiate a bit. Um, we looked at sort of the next piece. Again, you know, there's, it's public now, we announced it, but we're, we're giving away free healthcare uh, starting in, in a month or so. You'll have free healthcare if you're a Boost user on, on the unlimited plan, free telemedicine, uh, access to a doctor 24 seven, anytime you need an, an actual live doctor or an AI diagnostics, but a live doctor, you can get that free. Because again, that was something our customers wanted. T telemedicine's taken off over COVID, you're coughing. Have you gotten vaccinated yet? Yeah, I've been uh, triple vaccinated, but yeah. No. <laughs> Good thing we're on, uh, on, on, the, uh, on the video anyway. I start getting nervous. But the point, yeah, so point is like, you know, you're, you're coughing, you want to get access to a doctor now on your Boost phone for free, no additional charge. You can go ahead and get access to one of over, you know, 300 top tier licensed uh, doctors with our partner. So those are the way we're, we're kind of looking at it. How can we actually add services that traditional carriers don't really think about? They think about, hey, we, we, we own, you know, we're going to do something with uh, Disney. We own Disney. We're going to, or that, that kind of thing. And we're looking at it like, what do consumers really want? What do they not have today? Everyone's got Netflix for the most part. So if you're offering Netflix or discount on Netflix, what you're really doing is maybe saving a buck or two at best case, but everybody doesn't have access to a doctor right now. They want that. Uh, we, we launched, uh, announced DraftKings last week. So we're, we're actually doing a bet with Boost, right? So the third vertical, sports entertainment is blowing up. Betting is legal in 14 states. It's going to be legal in twice that probably by the end of 2023. You look at betting, you look at sports, fantasy sports, sports entertainment, it's a massive market. Again, it, it hasn't crept into our, our demographic yet. A lot of these people are sort of, uh, underbank cash. And so we're, we're opening it up to, to bring betting to boost customers. And we're doing fun stuff too. Like, why can't your wireless carrier be fun? So you can win a hundred grand if you, if you guess the number of points in the NBA finals. So take that kind of thing. So, so that, that, that's kind of how we're looking. We want to really differentiate. We want to bring value to the customers above and beyond voice, text, and data. And really, if you think about it, we've got nothing to lose. It, it's a commodity at the end of the day. Like I said, everyone's got the fastest network. I look at it and say, it's a commodity. Users shouldn't be paying for that at all at the end of the day. They shouldn't be making a decision based on, you know, 40 bucks a month for unlimited voice to text and data. It should be 40 bucks a month gives me, actually it should be a lot less than that. 20 bucks a month gives me a voice text and data, but also gives me healthcare. It gives me uh, the ability to kind of enter contests every month. It gives me privacy, right? It gives me a banking relationship, whatever it might be. So that, that, that's how we're looking at it to really disrupt. And you, you know, have graduated from Cal. You are someone who thinks outside the box, obviously, including, you know, designing a kid-safe smartphone with your son uh, that lets them play online. I can tell through your career, you know, you have evolved of understanding markets, market makers, and the buy and sell side. And the commoditization has occurred since the 90s. I know you, we were adjusting how old I am from being the CEO of the world's first smartphone uh, to where we are today. But it was a race to the bottom in 1999 uh, when we had flip phones and people didn't even know that... Uh, Date, that voice was data itself. They didn't even know how to build for data. They, when we came with the CE browser, they're still stuck on the IOTA browser, figuring out how exactly they're gonna bill for data. And we were trying to tell them, look, voice is data. I'm a little bit confused. But you have been through, you know, since the 90s yourself, a variety from Accenture, you know, which probably laid a great platform for you to understand uh, the consultation side and the strategy side of business. But in the end, you use your emotional intelligence uh, in your simplistic understanding with the complex uh, situational knowledge you have to deliver what people want. And I think, you know, one of the detriments that I see with those large carriers and they've always been there is they almost outthink themselves. You know, they, like you said, you know, the big names, the big partnerships, but yet you're dealing with what people want and whether it's gaming, gambling, you know, I come 
I ran the most notable sports agency after Samsung. So Lee Steinberg Sports, a big Cal guy, you may know him. Uh, you know, we use sports as a bug light. And it seems to me you figured that out in the phone business, how to use sports as a bug light to build a community because the commoditization of the service, uh, eventually people do figure it out as they have, you know, with you know, television service, for example. Um, so for you, what's next? I mean, you're right on top of the cutting edge. You have this big partner, you know, this big parent company with Dish. What's next do you see because you're hitting all the different areas? Is it crypto like, or CBD? Like how, how and what are you going to do next to continue to be ahead of the curve? Well, so, so first off, I got, I got to give you some compliments because you did your research. If you found that, uh, if you found the kid phone we launched with my son at the time, that, that, that's doing some research because it didn't get a lot of traction, that phone, unfortunately. Yeah, but it's um, a great, great idea. And two, you, you, uh, you set that mindset. I, I think, you know, I started coughing the minute you thought about telehealthcare. I was going to call in on my boost phone and, and get a doctor real quick. So <laughs> that's awesome. Go well, ahead. Yeah, to, to answer your question, look, look, you, you kind of hinted at it. You, you talk about sort, sort of where voice was 20 years ago, right? People, if you remember, it was like 500 minutes for 50 bucks, right? Voice was at the time, that's what you were paying for. And then, you know, voice and text. And now you look at it, voice is free. Essentially, you know, you're paying for data. Uh, voice is an afterthought. Uh, it's expected to be free for the most part. And, and that's where data is going. Like ultimately data wants to be free and it goes to free, whether it be Boost uh, and Dish or whether it be sort of some other disruptor that comes in like uh, you know, Geo in, in India that started giving away free data and has 360 million subs on its network now. Um, the legacy sort of game that's being played and it's been played you know, in, in, the, in the carrier space, they replace voice with data. Now they charge for data uh, and they're playing, they're all playing the same game. The revenues are tied to it. Um, the game is let's keep ARPUs around that 40 to $50 range. You know, let's give more, you know, more value. As their price per net, you know, gig goes down, they can give more value. It's unlimited. It's fastest network. Uh, nobody's really going to kind of crack below a certain price point. They want to keep ARPUs high. And that's sort of the game being played. There's billions spent on advertising and marketing. Um, we're coming at it, right? When you talk about Boost and Dish, and what's next? We're, we're coming out of we're playing a completely different game. Like you, you alluded to, we want to actually offer value uh, and deeper into the into the customer's life, form a, a deeper relationship with services they want. Um, but you hinted on something like there is no reason, for example, crypto, for example. So CBD is big too. We're, we're probably not going to go into CBD or or yeah, <laughs> or, or, you know, the, the marijuana. But when you talk about crypto, uh, that, that's something we're looking at, and, and we're looking at it from two, from two per perspectives. One, Dish is building the first open RAN 5G network. It's going to have its own 5G network. Uh, and when you think about it, is there an opportunity for a crypto coin to be attached to that in some way? Possibly. I, can't, I don't want to divulge too much on this call, but there's something that's it's being looked at. Uh, and then two, just from a consumer perspective, uh, the number two most searched uh, Google term is, is Bitcoin. I think Dogecoin is like number three or four. So there's a ton of interest in it. Then you look at the number of people who actually own it, very small, right? Uh, and so when you look at bringing it to the masses, especially on the boost space, the, the percent of boost users, and there's millions, uh, who actually own a wallet uh, or any form of cryptocurrency is under 1%. So you got this huge sort of uh, crypto sort of, uh, you know, this macro movement going on that's still being played by a very few. And so bringing that to the masses, and I'll ask you the question, would you, if I was telling you, look, uh, I'm going to offer you, you pay your bill on time, you're going to get $5 a month, or you're going to get $5 in Bitcoin. Which would you want? $5 in Bitcoin. Hey, look, look, you stay with Boost for, stay with Boost for five years, you might, you know, we might buy your next house. Like you get five bucks in Bitcoin, who knows? I think it goes to 100,000, 200,000. You know, like all you do is stay with Boost for a couple of years and, and, and you might be a rich man. So five bucks a month doesn't, you know, that's a coffee. We'll give you a coffee or we'll, you know, fund your IRA. 
So those types of propositions, the way we think about it, and the way I think about it is, is way more value to the customer. Uh, it's the same cost for us, but we're giving them sort of eternal, you know, we're giving them terminal value, not just value on the day. And so when you talk about cryptocurrency, like I said, there's really two ways we're thinking about it. Uh, and both are being explored and, and you're likely to see um, crypto being far more accessible to boost customers in the upcoming months. You know, taking a step back to your playbook to success and just some of the things that I'm noticing from the answers that you're giving me is you have a similar characteristic to a lot of the billionaires, millionaires, entrepreneurs, celebrities, athletes, and entertainers that we have on the playbook. And it's something that uh, is, is really revolving around radical humility. You do two things. And I was wondering if you could comment on the effect of it. One, the radical humility causes you to illuminate uh, and be very transparent where, you know, I get a lot of executives that don't hold the same philosophy. They're overselling, backend selling, lying, manipulating, sometimes even cheating their way around, you know, what they're trying to say, where you're very transparent and illuminate kind of just, hey, here's the way it is. And, you know, no, no bones about it. This is what we deal with. So one, how important is and where did you learn, you know, that skill set of illumination with radical humility? And then two, you also seem to be someone that is more interested than interesting. You're someone who's accessing a lot of help around you, not just coming up with this stuff by yourself. You know, you're, you're out there asking for the experts in all these areas. I know you partnered even with one of my business partners, you know, Met, Meta World Peace and I, we uh, talk about a, a lucky investment. We both invested in overactive media, one of the you know, biggest esports teams. And I thought it was overvalued at 60 million. It's worth over a billion dollars now. Uh, and you know, you seem to have those same qualities. Where where does that process of illumination? Where did you learn that, and and how do you apply that transparency to internal and external things like we're doing today? Yeah, that, that's a good question. First of all, I'm pissed off. Meta didn't bring me into that deal. Um, <laughs> you know, ones, but, uh, all, the, all the rest of my friends. <laughs> I only went in because my six year old told me that esports was going to be big. Yeah. <laughs> Because the other deal, yeah, he brought me into some other deals. They haven't gone up that much. So now I'm a little, I'm going to hit them up after this. But, but I think. Uh, blame me. Blame me. <laughs> no, I mean, to answer your question, uh, which is, you know, by the way, I, I like how the, the question leads with flattery. That puts me in a good sort of uh, position to answer that. But, but I think, like, I, I don't know if you learn it or. So there, there's a, a cause versus sort of, a, you know, a cause versus, you know, correlation thing. Here. So it may be that some of these people just have that quality uh, that you're talking about. And hence, they're successful. Um, so I, I don't know that it's so much learned outside of the fact that, uh, I've been around a lot of sort of successful people myself, uh, as I've come up, um, look, I started my own companies and in doing so you're dealing with billionaire venture capitalists. You're, you got people on your board who are very successful because you want to tune it. So you're, you're around a lot of that. And, and it is a quality that a lot of people who are successful, at least in that fashion have. Um, but I, but I also think there's something innate, either kind of having, you know, like the, the chairman and, and founder of dish, Charlie Ergen, definitely uh, very much of that sort of ilk. Um, so I think it's one of those kind of qualities that you sort of, you might have a little bit of an innate and then it sort of gets fueled by the people you hang out with. Uh, and at the end of the day, it's, it's a personality type. I will say like the more success you have, the more direct you can be. Right. So if you're Elon Musk can say whatever the hell you want to say. Right. Uh, and it applies in sports too. Like, look, if you're, you're winning Super Bowl after Super Bowl, you can wear a hoodie and a, a cutoff sweatshirt on the sideline, like Bilicek, right. If it's your first year in the, uh, first year in the league, I don't think you're going to, you're going to be button, buttoned up. So I think, uh, you can be a little more direct. You can be a little more honest. You can be a little more sort of uh, transparent. Um, also, you, when you earn that right, uh, based on success, I've earned some of that, not nearly as much as some of the names I've mentioned, but there's some of that as well. 
and most of those people also have one other similarity it's elevating others to elevate themselves you know even with freedom pop to to what you're doing today it's really about you know bringing more goodness to the world i'm on a mission to empower over a billion people to be happy uh, you know, I can afford to do that because, like you said, when you're successful, the better and more successful you are, the more honest you can be, the more humble you can be, uh, and the more generous. You know, I joke around about giving a, my, my wife her, her wedding ring, and, you know, it was very small because I didn't have a lot of, lot of money at the time, and everyone's like, oh, that's cute. You know, oh, that looks nice. You know, meanwhile, you know, when I'm 50 years old, I give her a gift and everyone's like, you're so generous. Meanwhile, that wedding ring was like two times what I was worth. And, you yeah. know, something that's like a million and everyone thinks yeah. I'm generous. But you've been able to do that in your business with a different mindset of, you know, what I call abundance. And how have you been able to apply abundance to the space you're in today, which is very competitive and very scarce? Yeah, it's a, it's a damn good question, right? Um, and when you talk about yourself, for example, I mean, you happen to be that. Not everybody is, right? So some people, the more successful they get, the more stingy they get, right? The more sort of, uh, you know, the more selfish they get in some ways. So it's good, you know, you've got that quality. I think I've got elements. I'd, I'd like to think so. Um, on a relative basis, I, you know, you spend less on that wedding ring, so maybe you're not quite as generous as I thought. No, I'm just kidding. But, <laughs> but I think the, you know. The broader question is sort of uh, abundant. I mean, there, there's two questions you kind of buried into the into the the comment. I think one is around sort of leadership, inspiring others, uh, and I think to the extent that uh, you know the way I think about it is as a leader or as somebody who's trying to like really sort of do something different. Part part of the value is actually making sure that you can kind of inspire. You, you can't do it all on your own, right? I mean. Even Elon, these other people, I'm sure there's all kinds of a genius within SpaceX that makes that rocket go to the Mars, of which he's sort of inspired, right? And so part of it is kind of inspiring others and, and using sort of, look, in, in my case, we want to we want to take we want to shake up the the wireless market. We want to disrupt the trillion dollar market, right? That comment in of itself is inspiring a certain type of person who also shares that kind of passion and have an impact. Uh, and now, how are we going to do that? So we we talk about how some some, some ways we're going to do it, but again. Part of the ideas that come out, like it wasn't my idea necessarily to come out and do a privacy, right? I inspired, like, how are we going to shake, the, how are we going to offer value? And then smart people come together and, and, and they come up with ideas or they look at data, et cetera. So I think the inspiration piece is probably as important as anything else because nobody can do anything on their own, right? You've got to be able to inspire other people. And I think that that, that comment you made really kind of rings true. I want to think about sort of my own style. Um, and it kind of sort of segues into your question on abundance, because again, I think, uh, if you can acknowledge and understand that look, at the end of the day, you're going to need a team. You're going to need other people to really sort of lift things up. I mean, Bill Belichick doesn't win without Brady, at least so far. So, and Brady doesn't win without a defense in Tampa Bay. So it's, it's one of these things where everybody kind of, you know, it, the risk of being arrogant and saying, hey, it's all me is, is something that I, I don't deal with. It doesn't sound like you deal with. I think that's sort of the big pitfall uh, for some people who sort of get successful initially, sometimes luck into success or, or sometimes they earn the success. Uh, but but understanding the the reality that like there is some luck involved, there is a a broader group that sort of helped get that success uh, is important because ultimately to continue to gaining success you're going to need other smart minds, other people, and you're going to have to learn. Uh, I love your mindset and heart set. So last question, uh, you've obviously learned a lot of lessons along the way. I always like to reiterate to people that in order to be successful, you have a lot of lessons to learn. Pain, struggle, setbacks, mistakes, failures have all been the indicator that I have a lesson to learn. So I'd love if possible for you to share one of the bigger or greater lessons uh, that you've learned 
that you think would help uh, young entrepreneurs? Yeah, I'll tell you what, that's another good, full of good questions. I flatter you back, but I, I, I think, <laughs> so the, the biggest lesson is more of a perspective. And I've kind of, I've started multiple companies and some failed. And, and, and when you're in the middle of that, even companies that are successful, it, it's never a straight, I mean, maybe if you're Zuckerberg, it's a straight ride up, but most, more often than not, it's a jagged line of which there's downs and there's ups. And when it's your own company or you're in a leadership position, those ups and downs can be much more uh, uh, passionate, much more sort of uh, exaggerated than if you're just kind of, you know, working a, a normal nine to five. Uh, and so the key for me that I've kind of learned is, is perspective. Uh, and when I say perspective, what I mean is understanding that, look, when things are going down, it's, it, you, you can do things to turn it around, right? And, and being able to say, and, and being honest with yourself and intellectual honesty to say, like, are we do, what are we doing wrong? Not get wedded to an idea, being able to kind of pivot quickly. Having that perspective allows you to sort of maneuver quickly. Uh, again, I'll use another sports analogy. If you're getting your ass kicked in a, in a sporting event and you're just kind of, and you just keep going and doing the same thing, uh, don't expect another result. But if you're sort of aware enough, uh, elevated enough to know, hey, you know, sometimes guys get hot, sometimes they get cold. Let's change this around. Let's change that around. I think that helps you get out of those divots. And then, like, conversely, when things are going great, you can't get complacent, right? When things are going great, it's, it's about making sure that, like, hey, it's going well. Let's enjoy that a bit. But we got to make sure we stay ahead, keep that momentum as long as we can, right? And so I think, again, just having gone through failures, through ups and, ups and downs, I, I don't get too worked up now when things are going poorly. I don't get too sort of overexcited when things are going great. And just kind of having a level head and making sure. And, and that allows me to make sure that you can kind of manage effectively and you can kind of see the forest through the trees. And ultimately, that's that's what it comes down to. Like, that's the difference between a successful executive is being able to see that force through the trees and somebody who's too buried in the mud to be able to kind of lift up and, and do the right thing. So that, that, that's a, it's kind of an esoteric answer. But to me, that, that perspective is something I wish I had had earlier in my career. I've earned it and, and learned it over the last decade, but it serves me well now. And hopefully it can serve other people who don't have to kind of go learn it the hard way. Yeah, and you definitely give meaning to everything you see, you know, changing the way you look at things you know the things you look at are changing. The interesting thing too is, you know, it must be nice to be a, a billion dollar company and be the little guy in the space who has nothing to lose. Uh, I picked that up as well. I think that's pretty cool. <laughs> anyway, you know, there has been some great lessons and great playbook. I uh, particularly appreciate your transparency, the illumination of the real deal, the real status of the business. And, you know, your ingenuity will absolutely compel and propel you, I think, to be one of the bigger competitors in the space is that 5G network is launched. And you know, I, I didn't even realize, you know, if somebody can provide free healthcare from your phone service and I'll be the first to sign up for that Bitcoin. So uh, make sure you reach back out to me and let's talk to Meta about getting you on board with, we're going IPO with our overactive media. So maybe we can put you in the family and friends pre-IPO. Now you're talking, now you're talking. Plus, By the way, check out that Instagram. He he he. Uh, he's got the boost gear all over it. So yeah, man, he he is a great partner to have, and you, yeah, you know. you're a great executive. Well, this is Dave Meltzer with the incredible Stephen Stokels, executive vice president of Boost Mobile. Keep your eye on Boost because they absolutely have the right perspective in how to do business and how to treat their consumers and build a community. Well, I hope you enjoyed this week's episode of The Playbook as much as me. On a personal note, I just wanted to thank everyone for making The Playbook such a success. Don't forget to continue it by sharing, subscribing, and listening to your favorite episodes. This is Dave Meltzer with The Playbook.